so it gets into the land of, you know, realizing that there's a lot of conditioning. You know, when we start to unpack that, you can say, wow, I'm, I'm actually creating from an energy that, you know, give that energy voice, give that, sometimes I give that, what does that energy sound like? What does that energy feel like? What's the emotion there? And then what would that energy say? You know, what that energy say? And starting to unpack and unbundle what's there when we go to create something and realizing that a lot of, like, I'll say, where are the roots planted? And a lot of creations, you know, and I work with women now, I used to for, you know, decades work with everybody, you know, it was beautiful to learn about humanity. And now I've really zoned in on women and seeing what are the patterns that women specifically hold? What's the conditioning women specifically are going through? And what is the liberation process for a woman look, look like? And what does she unlock as she's liberating and coming forward? Welcome to the Revelation Project podcast. I'm Monica Rogers, and this podcast is intended to disrupt the trance of unworthiness and to guide women to remember and reveal the truth of who we are. We say that life is a revelation project, and what gets revealed gets healed. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Revelation Project podcast. So today I am with a very special guest, and I know that I always say that because it's true. They're all extraordinary, remarkable women who are changing the world, impacting the world, daring to dream. And what I love the most about this conversation that we're about to have is that it not only is it energy-based, but when you feel the energy in this episode, I hope you just plug your whole body in because, wow, it is, there's a lot here, but it is such great information. And I love the way this particular guest articulates the very kind of what can be esoteric and very complicated concepts and just she's making it so simple for all of us to understand. So I'm about to introduce you to Dr. Nani Leah Diamond, who's an expert in energy dynamics and is here to bring women into their full glory through accessing, aligning with, and creating from their feminine power. Dr. Nani Lea has extensive training and experience in working with the patterning of the human nervous system and a specialty in working with women in feminine leadership and high achiever lifestyle. She's the creator of the Feminine Blueprint, which is, is a design that offers women a feminine approach and model to life leadership that aligns her with feminine intelligence, essence, and guidance. And Dr. Nani Lea has founded several successful businesses over the last two decades with wellness centers in San Francisco and Beverly Hills, and she's worked with thousands of people who are seeking peak performance and cutting-edge energy-based technologies to give them access to new possibilities in the human experience. She is based out of Austin, Texas, where it's actually snowing today. And she lives there with her husband and son. She has founded Sacred Feminine Leadership, which is all about forming a tribe of women who are here to break the mold and build the new. Join me in welcoming Dr. Nani Lea Diamond. Welcome, Nani Lea. <laughs> Hi. 
How are you? Oh, I'm doing doing awesome today out here in the, the cold and having some snow and some ice and my little boy, you might hear him. He's outside just going bananas, loving it so much. We just, we made a little mini snowman today. So <laughs> you, there's actually enough for you to hit for him to build a little snowman. A mini one. A oh mini my one, goodness. But we did. Yeah. That's really quite amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad you're here. Yeah. And of course, um, you know, when we talked, it was last summer, I think, when we actually met each other. I think I had. Oh, my goodness. I know. It's been a while. (laughs) It's really been a while. Time has gone by. I was wondering what was going to be in that bio that you read. (laughs) It's like everything evolves and moves so quickly. It was like, what what did I say about myself then? Okay. I know. And it's such a trip to hear it read back to yourself, right? It really is. Well, let's start right there. What has changed? I would love to hear. Um, You know, I was actually uh, surprised to hear in that, that it felt like there was the through line there. I felt like, okay, that's, you know, actually stayed pretty steady and constant. I feel, um, I felt in it just in my experience of how the feminine nature herself, um, in my experience, like she doesn't want to be fully crystallized. You know, she doesn't want to be fully defined. Like there's an, an essence of just always, always being born again and living and alive and kind of undefined and living one foot in the mystery. And yes. so I was just aware of that coming forward in me as you were reading where it was like, okay, all right. And, you know, there'll always be something new there. And just the, what I felt this time is I just experienced the widened uh, permission that I feel in that and kind of all the edges of myself that have like softened and just allowing that to be, Mm. you know, I feel like, um, that's what I experienced there was like, okay, I'm okay with just like holding that as one aspect, you know? Yeah, I do know. I think that there was a a day and age where I might have rebelled against it, you know, like any kind of box or any kind of like place that holds me still, you know, in, in in one formation. Well, I love what you're pointing to because there's, it's one of the reasons I say more to be revealed Mm -hmm. at the end of everything is because for me, that's such a feminine way of holding the whole of it and knowing that at any point there's that you know, new, there's that shift, there's that opening. Yes. And I can also relate to what you said about, you know, really, there was a time that I would have rebelled Mm -hmm. against that. It's so ingrained in me now. There's such a a, an allowing or a releasing or a surrendering that continues to happen. Mm -hmm. But it always is this is this release of like more relaxing, more more held, more in all the ways that I was thinking I was rebelling against structure, yet the more I actually allow, the more held I feel in that there's that paradox. Yeah, I feel that. I think, you know, one of the things that really made me curious about your work mm-hmm. is... I'm thinking about my listeners, and I'm thinking about the way that we refer to energy and how that can feel really 
esoteric or that can feel very, um, that can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people mm-hmm. when we talk about the energies. And I wondered if you could take us and give us a little bit more background around your energy work, how you work with energy, what it means to you, and then move us into kind of even talking more about how that interplay or interconnectedness of energies is part of your work as well with masculine and feminine and yeah energies i mean it's invisible so it's going to always have that sense of you know what is it what is it we can't see it. we you know it's kind of like the wind like you don't see it but you see the trees moving you know you see the the effects of it mm-hmm and so my studies have been, I know we met through a mutual friend, Jesse, and we both uh, studied the same thing in school, which is chiropractic school, studying with Donnie Epstein and epienergetics and how the nervous system organizes and reorganizes and patterns and energy and information, how we you know, store it, how we interpret it, how we receive it, how we respond to it, all of that, like that creates how we make our choices and how we live and how we respond to life and our own human resourcefulness. So that's my, my study of it. And then moving into like the energy that is within that we create from the, the core thing that I will say, you'll hear me if you hear me, you know, speaking or teaching somewhere else, I'll say it over and over again, is the energy we create from guides and determines our creations. So it's kind of like a reverse engineer. If you say, if you can kind of go backwards to say, what energy am I creating from? It's just kind of a simple way to get back to the core and the root and to actually start to uncover kind of what is the, there's information And then there's also energy and energy is like, we can feel it in frequency. We can feel it. We're, we're used to it already as humans. We can feel like a vibe, you know, or we can feel like a low vibe or a high vibe. And when we get deeper into that, there's frequencies of frequency is a whole language. It's a whole language and an art to know what frequency we are existing on, what we're living from what frequencies we've been trained to, what frequencies we've, we're you know, putting out or emitting, what frequency we're creating from. So we can start to like see how it, it already exists in our world through an easy way is just vibe mm-hmm. and tone. And from there, starting to realize that the frequency, the vibe, the tone, the energy that's there is something that we have something to, to do with, that there's a sense of, of creative power there and choice. And coming back into really seeing that, wow, the energy that we start with, the frequency that we start from and then create from actually is huge. It guides and determines our creations. I love this so much and I love how you're describing it. It also brings up for me like this is why we clear space. Mm-hmm. 
and get really, I think this is where being very intentional about what you're talking about, which is what is the energy we're creating from? Mm-hmm. I would love for you to to talk us through even even that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it gets into the land of, you know, realizing that there's a lot of conditioning. You know, when we start to unpack that, you can say, wow, I'm I'm actually creating from an energy that, you know, give that energy voice, give that oh, sometimes I give that, what does that energy sound like? What does that energy feel like? What's the emotion there? And then what would that energy say? You know, what would that energy say? And starting to unpack and unbundle what's there when we go to create something. Um, and realizing that a lot of, like I'll say, where are the roots planted? And a lot of creations, you know, and I work with women now. I used to for, you know, decades work with everybody. You know, it was beautiful to learn about humanity. And now I've really zoned in on women and seeing what are the patterns that women specifically hold, what's the conditioning women specifically are going through, and what is the liberation process for a woman look, look like, and what does she unlock as she's liberating and coming forward? How, what does she have access to in her full range? And so, it's, it's starting to see that a lot of creations, you know, and I'll speak just about women because that's what I'm working with now, is that the creation is coming from a place of conditioned response to life, scarcity, you know, you can call it patriarchy, disassociation from their own power and creativity and what's possible and creating from a field of energy that is is itself limited. And so when you're creating from that energy field, from those potentialities, from those patterns, from that place, it creates more of the same. You know, it's from that space. And so really beginning to have an awareness and build an awareness around what that looks like, feels like, and unbundle and literally liberate from that and create new contracts with ourselves as women as to what we will create from. And, you know, I'll say like transplant your roots, transplant the roots of that from wherever it was in all of that conditioning and all of some of times it's ancestral sometimes it's carrying down the family lines sometimes it's societal cultural sometimes it's personal but what the energy is that a woman is creating from will guide and determine that whole creation. And so if she can transplant that, and I, this is, um, I think what I had shared before about us talking about is the zeitgeist that we're in. I feel like on a bigger global sense is we're transplanting from one paradigm to another. So individually, we're kind of doing that as well, where we're pulling up our roots from this whole network of energies that have been keeping us bound in limitation and slavery, if you will, you know, and yeah, we're pulling our roots up from that, which is a huge dismantling process. And oftentimes that's why I say also, you know, like my work really isn't for everyone because it, it's not, it takes a certain amount of courage to really be willing to dismantle everything that was built from illusion and egoic power or pride. And to truly dismantle that, to not stand in a lie with yourself anymore, especially when you're getting something out of it and pull those roots up and replant in a place 
of this new this new paradigm, this new world that's being birthed here that is based in abundance, that's based in collaboration and cooperation and in right relationship with power. So, and for for our listeners, I, you know, this system, right, there's a lot of different names for it. You had talked about, we might call it patriarchy, we might call it the matrix, we might call it right. And, and so I call it the trance, the trance of unworthiness, like, yeah, that way that it for me, it's like this umbrella of intersecting s- systems that oppress, dominate, are based on scarcity. And it's this whole way of being. It's like this suppressed way of being that keeps us very small and uncomplicated as women. Because there's this way that we've been enculturated to be compliant to be as well as men. But again, in this case, I feel that there's actually a specific reason that women are kept in this place because we are, you know, the feminine energy embodiment of creation. And that if we actually unleashed this power, I always say, like when women say enough, stuff starts to really change when we not only when we feel our own sufficiency, and we know our own enoughness, but when we also say and like when we're done tolerating what we're seeing. Mm -hmm. And so, right, talk about, you know, like that becomes what I call, you know, the the apocalypse, the lifting of the veils, which you know, for me is that favorite play on words, because this is that time, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it's exciting and it's happening. And it's been, I mean, if we just look historically, like women have been kept out of power for thousands of years. Like we've been, it's just a hundred years that we were ago that we were given the right to vote. It's like we weren't allowed to have bank accounts. We weren't allowed to have our own money. We were property. So there has been a an outcasting of our power, of our voice, of our societal permission to impact. And there's that we can follow that all the way back to the witch hunts and to the fact that there's no feminine face of God. There's, you know, there's the casting out of the feminine for many scriptures. There's, you know, there's just, it's in, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. So there's what I, there's all of that that has occurred. And something that I learned about right when I was founding Sacred Feminine Leadership that has become really kind of a cornerstone to a perspective I hold when I look at what's happening is that I met a woman who's an astrologer, Wendy Hurong, at a retreat. And she shared with me, she did a reading for me and she said, wow, you're here to do some, you know, big work with women. And, you know, I was like, whoa, go getting in that thread. And she shared, yeah, we're in a cycle of a 4,000 year cycle where the feminine energy is becoming the major, the main dominant influence globally, that there's a resurgent. And we, it's, it's becoming more and more common now. It's like the rise of the feminine, the you know, women, but it's, it has a different flavor than it did when it was like women's rights movements and women's liberation. Movement. It was like, you know, women kind of took on a masculine energy then, and now it's evolving into, you know, what is it? What is it done? How is this done when it's actually done honoring my nature? Mm-hmm. You know, so there's, so just looking like 
real big to like the astrological. I just, I'm not huge in astrology, but I love to just look at the stars and say, wow, what's going on here? And the 4,000 year cycle of, of feminine now coming back into global influence as one of the, as the main energetic. And then simultaneously at this time that we're in are three cycles that are accelerating on the planet that hasn't been seen before. These three, which are an acceleration in the change in culture, values, and systems. So culture, values, and systems getting radical upgrades with the backdrop of the feminine energy coming into play. So just keeping in mind, like if we were to use that as a, (laughs) and there's lots of theories of what's happening right now, the spiral dynamics and the evolution of consciousness and going from tier one to tier two and, you know, just there's the, the uh, magnetic axis of, of the world shifting, you know, between 2020 and 2022. There's all these, like, from all these different pers- perspectives, there's this time period is a very big time period. But all of them, or maybe I can say all of them, but most of them that I've been in contact with have something to do with coming into right relationship with masculine, feminine energetics and right relationship with power. And that that changes the values, the culture, and the world systems. So we've been in a time period for a long time. All of our systems have, again, we go to what was the energy it was created from. It was created from an energy that outcasted the feminine, and it had a distorted version of the masculine. And it was like an adolescent male distortion kind of energy. (laughs) So that's all our world systems were created from that energy. And so we're moving into this place where what, what's this next world going to be created from? Like, what's the energy? Is it going to be created from? And the rise of the feminine and like women coming into power again, first of all, as an individual, like woman by woman kind of job, you know, it's like as each woman comes into her own power and her own remembrance and gives herself permission. Another thing too, is that we can be waiting for this world to create, be created that gives us the power. And it's remembering like, "Mm, I don't think so. You know, like I'm going to give me the power. Like I give myself the permission. Like when we start to come into the self authority and we reclaim, there's a massive reclamation that says, I am not going to wait for a world that gives me that permission. I'm not going to wait for someone to tell me it's time. I'm not going to wait for the circumstances to be something that, you know, rolls out a red carpet for me. I am rethroning myself. And so I really feel, and that's the work I do with women is every woman rethroned, every woman in her full glory, every woman tapping and remembering the severed lineages of magic and power that they have, we've all had access to that have been literally feared away from, cut away from all the things. All the things. <laughs> all the things that have happened. All the things. But there's this massive reclamation happening right now. And if you look at the generations that are coming, it's, it's already happening. Looking at you know the innovations and the entrepreneurship and the coaches that are coming. There's so many just intuitive business leaders and intuitive coaches and intu- intuitive is just becoming a word that's that's kind of like 
put on all these different places that it never had intuitive before. And now these, and they're just giving themselves permission to channel. You know, I see women just coming on doing Facebook Live. I'm doing intuitive business channeling today, you know, and it's just like this whole new thing is happening. It's happening right now. It's, it's, it's such an exciting time to be alive. Both there's the dismantling and the death taking place. And then there's also this incredible, incredible rebirth. So it's like some days I'm more in this end, some days I'm, you know, we're kind of all on that creative edge with it. But if we kind of can just remember like the bigger picture of what's happening and it's a really exciting time to be alive and and the energetic part of it that I, you know, just to simplify it because it can be very, like you said, it can be esoteric and elusive and it can get either really sciencey really quick or really, you know, spiritually really quick and you can get lost in all that. It's just making it super simple. What energy am I creating from? Right. And even recognizing in that case, if it's an old energy, just to make it that simple. Yeah. Right. If it's an old stagnant energy, or if to go back to some of what you were pointing to, there's a way that I often talk about this this part of our remembering that has to happen in order for us to start to know how to vision again, how to imagine again. And one of the one of the things that I've discovered in my work is that that is actually very, very difficult for women to do until they're giving themselves the space and the practice of kind of daring to dream again outside of that, I'll call it the the matrix, where they've been trained to kind of keep it, keep it in check, keep a lid on it. And so there's coming into that sovereignty that you were talking about. I'm going to rethrone myself. And so in a lot of cases, it's not learning how to. We knew how to do this. It's remembering how to and reclaiming. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder too, if there's something that can help our listeners to really start to practice even just that, where they're noticing where are they creating from and maybe a tool or two that can, can help them kind of get a sense of what do you mean by that? Yeah, let's see. Gosh, there's so much in this. And we, and we can also use me in, as an example, because uh, this was actually really hard for me at first. Which was? Which, which was hard? Imagining. I, like, when I was a kid, I had so much imagination. And what I realized when I had come to a certain point in my life, when I had that dark night of the soul... I wasn't even able to visualize anymore. I remember sitting with a few people and they'd see like they'd say like imagine this and and I would it was it was like blank. It was like I couldn't even mm-hmm. imagine anymore. I had lost my capacity to imagine. And what I started doing was actually pulling out storybooks again and then allowing myself to listen to visualized meditations and to just kind of get that get that muscle stimulated again. I mean, it sounds so, I think for some women, it that never goes and it's really easy for them. But I've talked to so many women that are like, nope, I, I, I don't know what, you, what you're talking about when you say visualize or even imagine. The, so for the vision, I mean, there's lots of different things that can be happening for women there. Really, it's there's kind of two aspects. There's the places that are bound and that are blocked, that can be blocked where some place in your system has been 
kind of there's a no to allowing yourself to do it. Mm -hmm. And that can be fear or that can be, you know, that's where like getting under the layers energetically and saying like, what, what is holding you there? Like what's going on in your system that is, you know, creating these blocks or these, these agreements with your own energy that say that you don't do this, Mm. that you don't do this because oftentimes, and that's where it gets kind of each woman really checking in with herself too. And, and oftentimes it's that there's her, she's stuffed down her feelings for so long and she's real. A lot of the times it's anger. Mm -hmm. She's angry. She's been stepped on and diminished and cast aside in all these subtle ways that she kind of knew, but it was so, you know, everyone else was accepting it, but she kind of knew, or maybe it was big ways, but she never really stood up to, for herself. She never really enacted her power and she pushed down the raw emotion because it's alive. You know, when you can, when you can feel a woman's essence and her Shakti, her power, her, her creatrix energy, oftentimes there's just stuff on it. So I'll say, I use the analogy of like turning on the garden hose that's been sitting there for a while and the water starts to run through, which is like your life force, vital Shakti power, creatrix energy that you're saying, how do I get connected to that to have a vision? You know, how do I get connected to myself? You turn on that garden hose and what comes out first is all the like sludge gunk and sludge and, and just crap that's been in there before it starts to run clean. Because otherwise, like I'll say also a lot of times I'm like, don't, you're not going to try to build your castle on a bunch of, of gunk, you know, yes. on, on a, on a, or a bunch of quicksand. Like you got to, there is some clearing work oftentimes to get a woman present to her power. And there's a lot there. And oftentimes, and I will use things like getting, having a woman get a towel when she gets really like, when I, you know, I'll say things and some of my work is that it is I catalyze women, you know, where it's like, I will call out the, because we're working in the energy of our power and the energy of, of a lot of, I bring a throne, like I've got it right here in my room. Like I carry a throne and I work with the energy and the archetype of the sovereign queen. And my husband works with the energy of the king. And it's about the sacred union and coming into right relationship with power really here. And the split that happens when we're out of right relationship with power is that it becomes the tyrant or the weakling mm-hmm. in the polarity consciousness. And right now we're having tyranny, you know, we're having like the tyrant energy. And so it's saying, well, what, what happens? What places have we become the weakling? And then we'll become the tyrant to ourselves by like making ourselves work harder and do it better and be prettier and do the thing, you know, and and we'll like whip ourselves into shape over here and become our own tyrant because parts of us are weak because we have, we've claimed a weakness. We've claimed a quietness. We've claimed to shut our mouth and don't say itness. Mm-hmm. We've claimed, uh, I don't, I'm not supposed to feel that. So I'm going to stuff itness, you know, and that's all the weak energy that at some point we, we claimed and said, I'm going to stay safe and small. And I believe a lot of that goes back. And I, this is where the, I get into the cool science neurology part of it is that literally we will put chemical caps on different expressions in our being physiologically because we said it's not safe to go there. Mm-hmm. And so, as women, we go back to the witch hunts. We go back to times of being beaten 
you know, having uh, marital rape be illegal is new. Right. You know, like the, the quietedness that we have gone through that we is cellularly programmed into our genetics. We are literally breaking those chemical caps and giving ourselves to step out and express energies and frequencies that have been forbidden and that have been dangerous. And it's like you had said like, well, wow, what is it about a woman's power that's, you know, so scary? It must be, you know, why do they want to keep us down? But it's like, yeah, a woman's power does have we are going to be the ones to really tip the scales and change them and bust the matrix apart. And also we have to be able to be not scared of our own power. You know, it comes down to us. Are we scared of our own anger? Are we scared of our own tears? Are we scared of our own places in us that want to set a new standard and roar? Are we, you know, I'll say to a woman, I say, I hear, I hear a mouse squeak when what's really there, honestly, in your energy is a roar and I'm hearing a mouse squeak. And so I work a lot with the energy of the queen where it's like, announce yourself, say your name, and I'll listen to the vibration a woman says her name with. And so that's another tool is just look in the mirror and say your own name. Mm. Do, you, do you hear yourself with a mouse squeak? In each area of your life, when you're talking about it, are you talking about it from a mouse squeak? Are you talking about it from a powerful, like I'm writing the script? Mm-hmm. I claim like I'm, I'm sitting inside of my creations and I, I feel I claim them and I live them by design. They're not something happening to me. They're not something that I've sold out to do because I couldn't do better. They're something that I claim. And if it's not really me, then I'm willing to dismantle it and recreate it again. So it is. And it's that just that you can evaluate your life and the places where you find like, wow, I've sold out or wow, I've played small or wow, I quieted myself or wow, I really had something to say there and I didn't say it or I stuffed my emotion. And rather than feeling it, I went and grabbed something to eat or a glass of wine or I turned on my computer or whatever it is. You kind of catch yourself in that moment and you say, well, if I didn't do that, what would I have to feel? Mm -hmm. What would I have to feel? And that's where I, I invite a woman to like grab a towel and to scream into it all the things that you've never said out loud that you would want and, and whoever it is you never said it to, whatever it is in life that you never expressed it to, and to give yourself the permission to allow those energies, like it's like tur- that garden hose where you turn on that water and you just let it come out until it runs clean. And you really let that energy move. Mm-hmm. And and it's not about, because oftentimes if you don't do that, what happens is you get triggered and it comes out like, like you puke on somebody, that energy and you project it and it wasn't really for them. I'm just so, I'm loving the way that you described all of this because that is, it hits the nail on the head. Like until I could start naming and feeling and, and giving myself permission to feel, and it had been so long that I had allowed myself permission to do it, that there's what makes it a dark night is because it feels to reorient yourself and re-inhabit yourself. It takes courage, as you talked about earlier. And in doing so, you also start to run into the payoffs or what you're getting out of staying small, which you had kind mm-hmm. of which you had kind of pointed to earlier, which was I had to look at some of these shadow behaviors Mm -hmm. that I was choosing because it somehow also made me feel safe because at least it was what I knew. Mm -hmm. 
So again, so much of of what we're talking about here is so important because when we go back to the energetics of vitality and energy and where this creative energy comes from and how to tap back into it, what I'm hearing you say is there's, for a lot of women, it's around suppressed emotions that still are longing for expression. Mm-hmm. I mean, suppressed emotions are one energetic that are there, but yes, the, the emotions are a big part of it. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's suppressed truth. Yes. It's you're telling a lie to yourself and saying it's okay when it's not. So talk more about that. That there's a, you know, the connection to our creativity, also getting into the real feminine connection is going into the earth, into the mother, into the spiritual divine, you know, all of that too, like connection to our raw living truth. Mm-hmm. You know, I've also had uh, done priestess training. So connecting in with living truth, with which in the priestess lineages is called Noema, which comes from the Gnostic realms of like the guru is within. The living truth is within. We all have access to it. We've outsourced looking outside for someone else to tell us the truth. So it's a return to remembering that we all have that. And so it's any times that we have lived out of alignment with that, that we've said yes when we meant no. We've said okay when we really didn't want to. We've said, oh, that's good enough when it really wasn't. And we've allowed these, we've allowed our our boundaries to be crossed, our standards to be lowered. And anytime that we have it's a non-integrity with our own being. And that is what pulls our energy down. It's tiring to live a lie. It's tiring. And, you know, creates a whole energetic within of then feeling like, yeah, you don't know what's real because you're not living what's real, you know? And so there's this whole like lost soul thing that can happen. And so it's the reclamation is so deep. It's so deep. And when women go through my program of a year-long program and and some of them, you know, like are just like, holy smokes, like I've got a clean house. Mm-hmm. There's this this realization that when you wake up, like some people think awakening is like, oh, it's all sunshine and moonbeams and unicorns. And it's like, no, when you turn the lights on, when you really wake up and look around, one of the first things you're going to be doing is clean up. You know, you're going to be going, oh, wow, what a mess I created. Wait a minute, you know? Yeah, like, wow. And so that's what I help support women in is like that process, because that can be, that can seem overwhelming or that can seem like, why do it? Or how is it possible or what? And to really orient yourself to get like, man, there is, that's why I say too, it's all about living in your full glory. Like you came here to live. So live. Mm -hmm. Getting excited about being alive again. And I say like the whole thing of it is, is, at the end of your life, when you're taking your last breath, can you look back and say, I left it all on the dance floor? Like I left it all on the dance floor because no one's going to do it for you. And no, you know, when you're at that moment, it's going to be between you and you. And it's like, did I really live it? Mm-hmm. And that's what it's about. It's not doing it for any other reason. That's right. And there's there's that piece that I think, too, is so powerful and so important, which is this say yes to the mess in my terms, because we've 
we've been taught again i want to i want to kind of go back to the conditioning we've been taught that you know like any mess in our vicinity is somehow an incrimination or like is a reflection on our ineptitude and it's like no you know it's like i have the right to be messy i have the right to be imperfect i have the right to fail a thousand times before i succeed it's this idea of this living this fully permissioned life and as we kind of face our mess as we and this is also why i think it's so powerful and important for us to find our circles of women that we can do this work with because we are not we don't have to do it alone and part of that that revelation is recognizing that when you are also in right relationship with other females who are doing this work we're not here to fix each other. We're here mm-hmm. to celebrate each other. We're here to lead beside each other. We're here to, like, all of these ways, yeah. again, that kind of flip the script upside down in terms of what we've learned. And this is where the mess becomes, you know, that place where the lotus blooms is what I always talk about, because that's that messy, gritty, dark stuff that creates the beauty that, you know, we want, right? We want this truth. We want this heaven on earth. We want this experience of liberation and freedom and truly feeling seen and witnessed and known. And so it's like so interesting to be like, well, here's the path. And it's a messy path. And it's also so beautiful. Like it's so real. And I think that these are the places that we we do. We we are going to feel, right? The the one emotion I think we we can often feel is this sense of like, oh God, no, right? Like this fear that comes up. And I think that, you know, I think it's really important for our listeners to know that no matter kind of how many times we're going through another death and rebirth that we we have this like we've this is also to go back to the core of our conversation this memory is in our dna like we actually know how to do this if we can trust ourselves in the mess trust ourselves to find our way and also that there's other forces here that want to help us get there. So when I say that, what comes up for you? I mean, there's a lot to speak to in that. Yeah, what I hear in that, a few things. One is that, and I know that you you say this as well, is that we are both divinity and humanity. You know, we are both evolution and involution. And really being, and, and there is, the being with all of ourselves that is unconditional love. And the real, the real true power is love. The real true power is light. The real true power and the real truth is that coming into our wholeness means that we can not only be with all aspects of ourselves, but we can, we can be in that frequency of, of honoring and loving and inclusivity of what we might term the mess, mm-hmm. you know, and 
seeing that that's to, you know, if it's held with a judgment of what the mess is, that's still in that old, that's rooted in that old system that says that we should be something else and should be somewhere else. And, and to bring in just kind of some of the science of the energy dynamics, because I really want to share that perspective too, because that's part of what I've, please, I uh, can offer here is that the shift in paradigm also where the feminine comes in is the feminine is not her intelligence is nonlinear, where the masculine is more linear, straight line. The feminine is nonlinear. Most of our world systems and perspectives we see things are through linear. So when we think on path, it has to be a linear from here to there, A to B equals C, where the feminine, it's nonlinear, where you think, oh, I'm over here and that's taking me on path. No, actually, like reading a book, chapter two has to do with chapter 18. Later on, that has to do with chapter 33. So you actually needed to do this over here to get that over here to get this over here. And none of it's wasted. Mm -hmm. So there's the nonlinearness. And to get into the science of it, when we did nonlinear mathematical modeling of the spine is what it was called. I uh, studied the work of a mathematician who worked with the nervous system and the spine, who was one of like eight people that could do this level of math on the planet. It was just insane. It took me a year to understand one paper entirely. And I would just go through line by line and just so dedicated to learn this. I was like, I'm going to learn it. So to get that, they used to use these EMG machine, these sensors on the spine and pull what electrical currents were coming out and then apply them to linear mathematical equations to look for patterning of was intelligence in, in, you know, was the order and organization level going up, staying the same, going down. And that's how we were. All All the work we do in organization of the nervous system, there's lots of science and seeing and testing to see was organization actually increasing, decreasing, or staying the same. So they would apply these linear mathematical equations to the information they were getting and they would get one answer. And they thought that there was all this stuff happening. They said, what are all these, this information we're getting that's noise? Mm. It looks like noise. It looks like the stuff that we, you know, what are all these artifacts? And so someone had the brilliant along idea along the way or the inter- program got interrupted and they said, well, what if we apply nonlinear mathematical equations to this? Let's see what happens then. And what they had to do in order to do that is scope out the lens more expansively and take in the noise, take in the stuff that was not being considered before, and then apply the nonlinear mathematical equations to it. And what they saw then in the algorithm and the patterning is holy smokes. That which we discounted as noise was actually a part of something so much bigger that was taking it to a higher order, but with that old perspective and old equation of linear mathematical modeling, it looked like noise because it didn't fit into the linear equation. But when we look at it from this paradigm, from this, and we apply these, it's actually a part of the the living system reorganization that's actually, it's actually important. It actually takes it to the higher order. And so that right there is the switch that we're making. Paradigm, it's a paradigm dogmatic switch. And it's it's also in the lived experience that we're having of like, we are looking at our life and evaluating, oh, does this matter or not? And if we're looking at it with eyes that see a linear equation that says, oh, I should do this and do this and this, do this. Why? Because that's what the linear pattern of what I'm supposed to do as a human has told me to do. And I'm over here doing this other thing that's a total artifact, you know? And and, then, and we apply this new, this new lens, this new way of saying like, no, everything is sacred. Everything is holy. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And what we're saying then, and I said, well, you've rethrown your entire life. And this is where I really bring in that sovereign queen. I say the sovereign queen is the one who looks in the rearview mirror and sees nothing but gems, nothing but jewels. I love that. Yes. Because she writes the end of the story. Whatever happened, happened. What did you do with it? is the question. That's the queen will write the end of the story. Yes, the most beautiful flowers grow with the most potent fertilizer, you know? So there's all of that in this and it's, and it's a total paradigm shift that's going on. It's a total paradigm shift. And it's, I mean, there's so much now I'm going to go back and say what you said to me, which is there's (laughs) so much here, right? And it's so true because you know, I'm going to go back and and say that when I was, somebody would talk about the path. And that that's where my limited imagination was, right? That they must mean this linear path, this step by step. And the truth is, when you really kind of embrace the feminine, what we're talking about here is a labyrinth. We're talking about a spiral. We're talking about mm-hmm. chaos. We're talking about the unknown. We're talking about creation. It's this emergent, it's this always emergent energy that we we started out talking about, which is this, you know, like, wait a minute. Like if you're in New England, we say like, just wait a minute, the weather might change. And that that's valid, (laughs) that it's not to be discounted, that it's actually a valid part of what needs to shift and happen in our everyday lives. Because we're not static, we're dynamic. Well, we're both. Let me say that, right? So there's this, it's the, it's kind of like, it's the, it's all, it always shows up for me as the oracle of the obvious, which is like this, it's the remembering piece. It's, we were not meant to live this linear existence of like the one-sided way that everything is this creation process that I too see between, at least through this lens, that masculine and feminine that's always creating something new in the middle. So to go back to what you were talking about, about creating from, what are we creating from? Clearing or making space for or plugging into the energy, the emergent energy that wants to come through us. Yeah. What, how can we start bringing this energy or our, or this creation, this noticing where we're creating from on a day-to-day level into our lives? Great question. Many ways. (laughs) And, you know, really, I would say that I mean, there's a lot of just like simple ways to do that. And, you know, that's, that's also a practice, I would say, you know, and what I think precedes the doing, because oftentimes we wonder, well, how do I do it? How do I do it? How do I do it? I'd say, well, first, let's tend to the energy you're going to do it from, Mm -hmm. because that's going to guide it all. And so the reason why what the the company I founded, the the movement I founded is called Sacred Feminine Leadership. Leadership to me just means you go first. Like you go first. You're not waiting for permission. You're not looking around and asking if it's okay. You go first. Feminine is that you're gonna you're gonna do this from your feminine core nature. You're gonna get to know what that is. You're gonna explore that. That's a living 
reality and a living relationship. That is not a list of bullet points I'm going to give you to try to be, and you're going to try to fit yourself in another box. That's a living relationship that you're going to try on and get to know and fall down and get back up. And then the first word is sacred. Sacred is until you make something sacred, it's really nothing. Until you make it as sacred, you're just trying it on. You're just visiting the idea. You're just dabbling. And so what I invite anyone who's listening to this to do is to really first come, you know, just getting, getting in your own heart, just placing your hands in your own heart and really feeling that part of you, that, that like beat inside of you that where this is your life, like this is your life and that it matters. You matter just for the reason that you get to live it. You get to fully live it. You get to leave it all on the dance floor. You get to do it in your way, in your style. Each one of us is totally unique. There is no prescription that's for everyone. What I invite you to start with is just the decision that you are sacred. The decision that what is coming through you to live that feels true, that feels real, that feels like a desire or an inspiration or a calling or just an inkling of a feeling that you make that sacred. And it's, it's a decision. It's a decision of like, I'm going to start to listen. I'm going to start to honor. I'm going to start to be open to those inklings, those voices, those intuitive hits those whatever because it comes in so many ways it's your guidance system and it's tailor made for you and so it's a, a first it's a decision that i'm going to make this holy i'm going to make this sacred no one else will do it and it, it's a daily decision it's a moment to moment decision and then from that energy listening you know opening to really really listen and Listening, you know, there's a saying from one of my teachers that said, the goddess changed the world just by listening. Mm. Like when we really slow down, a lot of it's just about slowing down and listening to your own heart, listening to what's real. A lot of women I find, they really know. They really know what's real. They really know what's true. It's just, are they willing to, to be accountable to it? Are they willing to stand for it? Are they willing to move towards it? And so... That's why I invite you to just just precede. You don't have to make big, bold, radical moves right away. You don't have to do that. But just start listening and developing a relationship with your own guidance, with what feels true. Asking yourself the question, you know, what's real for me? How am I? Is this a yes for me? Is this a no for me? And start really listening to your own energy. And then a way to connect with a bigger connection, like your own sense, your own heart. And then, you know, there's all kinds. I, I connect in nature is for me how I really have deeper remembrance that, you know, my guidance isn't just coming to me from me. It's coming from a bigger circuit of life. I'm connected to the web of life. I'm connected to her with the capital H, you know, I'm connected to a bigger ecosystem that loves me that's feeding and fueling me. And, and that's where we go, like, and where are your roots? You know, I, if I'm grounded in it, I'm planted in the field of consciousness that says that I am loved and I'm cared for and I am guided and the world is abundant. And, and from there, I can more clearly hear the guidance because the guidance comes from that realm. It comes from that world. It says, come here, 
come here. It's, it's so nonlinear. It might be like, hmm, turn left, turn right, call this person, do this, mm-hmm. thing, you know, whatever it is. And you might, it's a breadcrumbs, you know, and you might be like, well, why? And your linear mind wants to go, well, why? How's that possibly going to help me with this, my problem over here? And, you know, <laughs> but it's just starting to listen and starting to trust the breadcrumb. Just trust one breadcrumb today, just one, just one. You know, give yourself permission to be human and to get messy, as you're saying, and to be okay with with that and love yourself first. Have your own back. Yeah, have your own back. And I, and I love because that leads us back to the more to be revealed, right? Which is that that place where we just, it's like giving yourself permission to not need to know, to just listen and trust that more will be revealed. And living in that way is to attune to the feminine. Mm-hmm. And and it's really, it, it's so interesting to me, Nani Leah, how these conversations also are so representative and emergent because you and I kind of showed up today, even like, what are we going to talk about? We'll find our way, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's just true, right? Some of the most powerful conversations have not necessarily right. There's a structure, but there's also a flow. And mm-hmm. it's kind of this open-handed way of being with life instead of that clenched fist. Yeah. And just allowing what wants to be revealed to surface. Mm-hmm. And then to be able to call it beautiful, right? Beautiful. Mm-hmm. It all gets to belong. Yeah. So, so one last thing, because this has just been so beautiful, is, mm. you know, we talk about these times and how powerful these times are. And so, uh, what is the cost of being complacent or of or of not showing up in this time? Like, and, and when when I say showing up, I'm talking about what you just pointed to. If if you're not going to start listening, if you're not going to start to get out of your comfort zone, which is what I call kind of the the zone of revelation is when we move out of that comfort zone, that's where more gets revealed. Well, then then what? What do we get if we're if we decide to, it's not so bad, you know, I'll just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great question. I mean, I, I feel that I mean, there's the personal cost, there's a collective cost, there's a generational cost. And I think that there's what comes to me when you say that is how desensitized we've become. Part of the conditioning is to desensitize us to the cost. So it's actually getting resensitized to the cost. You know, we've, and that fractals out into lots of ways. Like we don't, we become desensitized to the cost of not living our own truth here and there and what, you know, all the different places that we're able to do it without even feeling it. So I feel like what I hear and what you're saying of like the hiding out and not showing up, you know, and that to me is okay. There there's the weakling and the tyrant energy and the weakling is like saying like, Oh, somebody else will handle it. Oh, it's not, I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to hide in the shadows and pretend that put a blanket over my head, pretend that something isn't going on right now that needs attention. And that just allows the tyrant energy to be more pervasive. And so it's looking at what's the cost of, of that keep going, you know? I mean, I, what also comes to me is that we, 
we're going to pass that on to our children and our grandchildren. And so for me, I'm also a mom. And there's there's something that woke up in me when I became a mother and when I when I birthed my child that was this remembrance really but it was and I believe we have the we have the the codes and the patterns in us we have the remembrance there as a potential but that it needs to be activated and that's you know that's why I do the work I do and that's why I mean, many people are doing work right now to activate that and then it's about embodying it and fully expressing it and living out which is what the feminine blueprint is about is about fully you know receptivity remembering and then embodiment and then expression and then and then what comes into attraction and is and is lived out by doing that so it's activating for me when i became a mother something activated in me that reminded me of my responsibility i want to say like my and not only responsibility but from a place of I get to, mm. you know, and I think that this is what, this is one of the shadows of the queen is that our power and our contribution, we've made it a burden. We've made it this like heavy weight that we have to carry versus a contribution that we get to add. And the reason why is if we do it from the energy of that old paradigm and we're trying to fit in a box and make something happen and do something and all of that, yeah, it's a burden and it feels heavy. When you're doing it from an energy of like, this is my creation coming to life. This is like, it gets to look any way that it gets to look. And there's this full freedom and this energy of of connected to how being resensitized to what it feels like to artistically, passionately, creatively contribute on your terms, in your timing, in your way, in like this wild heart energy. That feels like flipping phenomenal. It sure does. So I feel like there's both. It's like unnumbing. I think that a part of it is that part of the trance that you're talking about is unnumbing. That's right. And so we don't even feel the cost. We don't know what it is. So you got to like wake up, wake up from the trance and start to feel. But I think that part of it is like we can feel the cost. I feel like we're also in this like time where where when we can plug our roots into what it is to really because I think that for a lot of women and especially in this time like every there's so much there's a heaviness mm-hmm. you know and it's like oh more cost i have to feel oh i'm not good enough and oh i've got to deal with that too and oh i'm now i'm a bad person it's like okay there's all of that burden and you know all that stuff that then it's like oh more weights i have to carry as a woman and i i really in, invite the listeners to like re- recognize that that's that's as when you come into that sovereignty energy too it's like no, I don't take that on. You know what I mean? That's not mine, actually. That's not a contract that I'm interested in. And that's also where I think the sacred and comes in for me. It's it's the tension yeah. between being able to see it, know it, feel how it impacts us, in, but not like not let it consume us because it can be a lot. Understanding that there's kind of that paradox of, you know, being a true citizen of the world and and seeing our personal responsibility to make an impact in in our own personal way right that it's like yeah i can see what's happening in the world and 
I can make a contribution here. Mm-hmm. Because I think, too, we can tend to look at the falling apart and label it bad or wrong and overwhelming and paralyzing, or we can see it as yes and fall apart so that we can now midwife in this new and that I get to be a part of that contribution. I get to contribute something that is positive and that is beautiful and that is life-giving and that is life-affirming. And so there's Right, because that's that tricky spot, I think, for so many women is like coming back and and starting to feel it all. And then there's this also way of like, I'm hearing you say, plugging into what is possible and knowing where to kind of put the boundaries in place as the queen would. Mm -hmm. And to know that it's not all the burden that we need to carry on that on our shoulders. It's actually, you know, a shared burden that we're all holding, like being with as we create this new way of being. Mm -hmm. And I would say, you know, to invite even the possibility that there's no burden at all. You know what I mean? That we're just, I kind of have more and more been seeing it where that's like the, there's the unbundling and there's this whole, this, this like undoing of this whole thing that has been going on. And that's, there's like this wave of energy. It feels like that's moving where it's like, it's already happening. It's going to happen. I agree. And I just have been telling more and more women, like just surf the wave, you know, like surf the wave and know that like, if you want to be like at the at the edge of that crest of that wave. And like, we're, there's also massive innovation happening right now. Massive creativity, like creativity is a new currency. It's like, okay, what can we do now? What's possible now? During the times of massive instability is also the time where most creativity lives because it's, we're not in a mold right now where the molds are coming un, undone. We're in this in-between land of like, we're not how it was, but we don't know how it's going to be. And that that's a time where it's like, all right. Yeah. You know, for the dreamers and the leaders and the visionaries and the artists and the Renaissance to come alive and and say like, okay, well, what's possible? And and to get, I think there's also I work with the arch- archetypes of you know maiden, queen, mother, crone. I also do wild woman and priestess, and but the maiden energy because we're talking about the new. And when we're talking about the brand new, we're talking about maiden. And a maiden is like wide eyed, bushy tailed, like believes in possibility, you know? So it's also that reactivation of the maiden energy that says, okay, what's a new dream? What's possible? You know, that we're not hardened and uh, pessimistic and bitter about the world, that we really activate this, like, what's possible, you know? And I also feel like there's that energy too, of like, over-responsibility or under-responsibility and finding right relationship with that, where it's like, I know that there can be a lot of a lot out there that's like this this kind of spiritual idea of like you know we're gonna kind of make it happen make the change or I'm gonna do it and that you kind of can get this like inflated sense also of your contribution where it's like oh I'm gonna do this or I'm not it's all on me and it's like well it's kind of already happening and I think it's the destiny is already written like we're going right. you know what I mean we're on that wave we're ha- it's happening it's like how do you want to participate with that how do you at the end of your life say that you want to sh- lived at this time and you showed up at this time like what did your soul come here for at this time on this planet at this wild time to be alive what is your story queen like write that story right it with a 
big, beautiful feather boa pen. Like, how did you live this time? Like, and get into it, the juice of it. I say it's either like Rubik's Cube that you're trying to figure it out, or it's a juicy peach that you're like taking a big bite and the juice is running down your neck and you're like, yeah, I lived it. I lived it. This is what I did. And it's like a storybook that grandchildren can read about grandma. You know, it's like, it's just life. It's just living. And if we we try to make it too much, it, it turns into a Rubik's Cube that we're trying to figure out and make the right move and the this, you know, and it's like just if you fully live you, if you fully live those breadcrumbs, if you fully every day can rest your head at night in the pillow and say, wow, that was a wild ride. I really did that one. You know, if you can say that every night, whew, yes. go where you're led. Go where you're led. I've when I've started, I've you know I, I do this work, I teach this work, but for me, like I'm always my first client. I'm always like if I haven't lived it, if I haven't embodied it, I don't feel like I have the right to talk about it, you know. So I'm always my first workshop, and I can tell you from my experience, it's like I get led into the wildest experiences and what you know all of these things that end up the breadcrumbs leave to all these different places you could mm-hmm. never know. So let yourself have a wild ride, you know, and let it be that and bring it into the micro of like, rather than what am I going to do with this whole big thing? That's right. No, it's your life. Do you do your life every night on your pillow? What are you saying? Every morning when you wake up, what are you saying? That's just bring it into the simplicity of the leadership and the energy. Like, because if we don't, then we're not actually impacting what we can impact, which is what's right in our own energy field right in front of us. Like Mother Teresa said, you want to change the world? Go home and love your family. Right. That it's that simple. You know, like what's happening on your doorstep? What's happening in your world? What's happening in your energy field? You know, like that's, we are all, we are all interconnected in that way, you know, in ways that it's, it's, it's multidimensional in ways that we could never imagine, you know? So it's like, like how Gandhi says, like, like my life, what is it? My life is my teachings. Like my life is my message. It's like, just if we can just, rather than being responsible for everything out there, reclaim the responsibility of this day for you. Like reclaim the responsibility of your life, reclaim the responsibility of what you're going to say to yourself on the pillow when you go to bed. You know, what you're going to say to your beloved when you walk in the room, what you're going to say to your children when you're there. Like, how are you going to show up in all of those places? Like, that's what you do have control over. And that's what only you can has, you know, the access to and the, the opportunity to impact. So, like, start there, start there. And from there, that field of influence grows and you start to see what's possible and your creative energy grows. And then if you want to do something bigger, do something bigger, but start where you are. <laughs> Start where you are. And for my listeners, if you could see me right now, I have the biggest, uh, the whole time I've just had the biggest smile on my face because it, you know, there's also these episodes that I know that women go back to over and over and over again, because the essence and the energy that's actually in the episode is so right. Mm -hmm. And that's what you've given us today is it's been such (laughs) a gift to just, you know, just get to know you a little bit and feel what, because that, that's, that's the bigger thing too, is like this tapping into the this energetic field that you are continually bringing to women and showing us it's right here. It's right here. And it's a beautiful thing. So is there anything that I did not ask you that you wish I had? Mm, Thank you. 
think of anything in particular right now. I feel like what, what's coming to me to say, to just remind, to offer to, to the listeners, to the, the women who might be hearing this is, I know that this is also a time of a lot of isolation. And so I just want to to really remind you and let you know that we are all in this together that this and what I say over and over to women is that when you're at those micro moments, when you're at that place where you could either say yes or no, or you could make a decision that could, you know, that's following that breadcrumb, that's stepping out on faith, that's stepping out on trust and whatever, when you're about to scream in the towel, the thing that you needed to say, and you're wondering, should I really do this? Or should I just go grab a glass of wine? Or, you know, when you're at those micro moments, those defining moments, you can just give yourself just a moment of closing your eyes and just feeling out in the world and just knowing that there are millions of, of women and people doing that this exact same thing with you, that we're all right now on that edge of creation. No matter what it looks like for anyone, it doesn't, it's still the same. We're all in the same kind of mythic story right now of being on that edge together. And we're all facing our own micro moments. So just sometimes kind of like childbirth, you know, for me, like, and for many women, like when you get to that place where you're about to like, you know, if one of those surges is coming and you got, you got to like find a strength you never knew you had. And you're like, where is this going to come from? And it's like, you got to reach into something, you know, that you can reach in and just feel and just know and just hear my voice. Like I'm there with you. We're there, you know. We are here with you. It's it's and it is a revelation to speak here words here. It can be a revelation to realize that there's an and an energy dynamic speaking. If you if you you have your personal like I can do it from my own power, and then you also have this ability just through the simplicity of your intention and your connection of just reaching into every woman on the planet right now, every woman who's come before you, every woman who'll come after you, and knowing that we are all a part of this. I say what one woman does for herself, she does for all women. Every time that you you are in one of those micro moments and you make that choice that lights up that golden grid for that golden age that's here, that you're following your golden thread of what's true and real for you, that intuitive hit, that inkling, that calling, that knowing, and you step out on that, you light that grid up. You light, you send a signal and you light that grid up. And we are all doing it together. We are all doing it together. So just if you're in that moment where you need that extra strength or that extra courage, that it can be something that is sourced in remembering that we are all on this planet at this time doing exactly what you're doing in our own way with our own soul script of how it needs to look for us, you know, but we are all in it together and that you can source that as a bigger grid to, to give you that courage and that strength that you don't have to do it alone. You're not alone. It's a lie. That's one of the biggest lies that we are here to bust. We are not alone. We are in this together. We are all waking up. We are. We already have the courage. It's just remembering it. We already have the vision. It's just remembering it. And really, we are each other's biggest strength, nourishment, medicine, inspiration, 
and we're all in this wave of energy together, it's already happening. So if you have yourself in those micro moments, just embed in your like install it right now in your nervous system, like let that land in that like in those moments, I'm going to reach out. I'm going to maybe just remember my voice here. Know that, I, you know, as long as I'm on this planet and maybe after like I'm here as a nodal point in North Star for all women, for all beings. And I'm not the only one. There are millions of us here at this time. I know that, you know, Monica's here as well. Like we're, we're all here in this together and whatever your walk is, is your walk. You know, we all have our own and there's initiations to cross. There's these places that are the, these energetic thresholds where it's like, can I do it? Am I capable? Can I make it? Am I going to die on the other side? Is the whole universe going to crumble and I'm going to disappear into nothingness? Am I going to fuck it all up. Like whatever it is, you know, you're going to hit those points. We all are. So don't be surprised when you do. And just know that when you get there, you can source the energy you create from, source from all of us. We're all in this together. And then when you do have those moments of celebration where you're like, yeah, victory, you can also send that out into Mm. the field intentionally where it's like, whoever needs this right now, I'm going to send it through the grid. I'm going to send it out there. And there, you know, somehow, some way it's, there's, it's like the four minute mile where somebody breaks that barrier of being able to, to do something that was thought impossible. And suddenly more and more are able to do it, that we are in that collectively right now. And it's a first, a game of energy. It starts in the energy. Once we find and know and remember the energy that we can come from in that collectively, and we can grid together, and we really are in the space of it's, we are limitless. We are limitless. So, that's what I offer to you. It's just in those micro moments, because they'll come in all kinds of ways all kinds of ways that we begin to grid together. We begin to source each other and that we start to see and code and remember and build this blueprint on the planet that is sourcing limitless light, limitless possibility. So that's my, my offering. What a gift. Thank you. you. Oh my (laughs) goodness. This has just been like, I'm so full, like filled up right now. Thank you. It has been just such a joy to talk to you. And I knew right as soon as Jesse talked about you, I was like, absolutely, like knew that, you know, you were just going to bring us into a whole new initiation. I'm going to call it that. I feel like this episode is an initiation. Yeah. And so thank you so much, you know, for just Mm. sharing your light with us today. And thank you for your work in the world. And I'll be sure to put your links in the show notes, because I'm sure you're going to have women wanting to find out more about how they can learn more about the blueprint and some of your other offerings. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. And thank you for holding space. I mean, you just and for your your work in the world and what you're doing here. And I can just feel the love and the the energy that you are doing it from. And I feel it being such a beautiful shining star of just true, true love and care and, and inspiration. So thank you so much. I'm happy and to bask in this energy with you and to to transmit. And I feel um I feel women out there right now. You know, I feel that there'll be lives that that are hearing this. And that's that feels really, really beautiful to know that we can be a part of each other's lives and use this technology in this wild way to to know each other with and to connect and and be a part of each other's lives without 
maybe ever having met or meeting. You know, it's so incredible, the innovations that are happening. It sure is. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. And thank you for inviting me. Thank you. Yes. And for our listeners, thank you for listening. You know, it's like, I, I just... You know, there's some episodes where I'm just like, I'm so full, I have nothing more other than to say to you. And you know, I say it lovingly, more to be revealed. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, please visit us at jointherevelation.com and be sure to download our free gift, subscribe to our mailing list, or leave us a review on iTunes. We thank you for your generous listening. And as always more to be revealed.